are sensing the Holy Spirit's presence and that he's here with us. And this morning, uh, wherever you're at, whatever you're feeling like you need, just talk to the Lord. His presence is here. He wants to meet you. Maybe you've been struggling with a sin and you just keep struggling. I tell you, God wants to replace that sin with his presence. If you've been looking for something and you can't find it and you've tried all kinds of things, let Jesus come into your heart today. Find that you can release things as you replace it with something better. And Jesus wants to fill our hearts. He wants to connect us with his presence. If your marriage needs help, Jesus is here to restore your marriage. Remember, his first miracle was turning water into wine at that wedding. And that wine was a transformation in spirit, the ability to receive love that you can give love. Wherever you're at today, God wants to meet your needs. He, he cares about you. Janice, do you stand up? 19 years ago, they sent us out from Christian Community Church. This were our pastors, Janice D. Wilson. Thank you for visiting with us today. Okay, you guys. The title of my message is A Number of Things. I tell you, there are so many things I want to just go over with you and that have been on my heart. I haven't got to speak to you for two weeks, and I'm collecting some things on my own to say to you, but I just want to even review some of the things that have been said to us. You know, God has been so good to us. He keeps speaking to us, and I don't know about you, but you can get overwhelmed by the things that God is saying to you that you miss out some of the nuggets that you need. And I hope the things that, you're, that are being said today, that the Holy Spirit's going to help you catch whatever is going to fit you, and you write it down, and you meditate on it. You think about it. Be open today because God wants to speak to you. He wants to give you a promise. He wants to give you something that you can hold on to yourself, something that will encourage you in your faith walk with God. If you're uh, just here and you're just checking it out, I tell you, Jesus wants to reveal himself because he went to the cross for the sins of the world. He went to the cross for your sins that you might have eternal life and a relationship with him. He doesn't come to push himself in and to change your life, but he comes to enhance your life and make your life better. He comes to fulfill and complete that which you have not fulfilled and completed anywhere else. First of all, I want to talk about a little bit of review and how Ben Van Meter talked to us just two weeks ago about perseverance. That a lot of times we're not getting any place in God unless we persevere. How many times we may have stopped from getting somewhere or achieving something because we stopped just short of it and we found out later if we had just pushed on a little bit more that we would experience something. And he gave us a scripture, 2 Peter 1.6. The apostle Peter said to the believers, add to this, add to your knowledge of God, add to all your life experience, add to self-control, add to perseverance, the ability to keep moving forward, the ability to believe God when everything is saying God's not around, he doesn't exist, he can't be seen, he's not answering my prayer. But you dare to persevere if you're just leaning on the last time you experienced God. Maybe it's the time when you asked Jesus to come into your heart and you felt him and experienced him, but you haven't felt him since. It's by faith that you walk with God. It's by faith you appropriate the activity of the Holy Spirit in your daily life from moment to moment. The definition of perseverance is to continue in a course of action, even in the face of difficulty. Are you facing difficulty today? Or even with little or no prospect of success are you dealing with something that's terminal? Are you dealing with a diagnosis? Are you dealing with something that is final? God can move past what has been limited by a diagnosis or by something that someone has declared of your life. But you must persevere in your faith. You must hold on to your faith in God and believe that he's going to come through. 
wait for what the word of God promises you. You have to keep waiting for the promises of God. It's when we wait, we see and experience what God has promised to us. In Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And that's that, uh, that place we have, even as natural people, that we get tired. We can start out in faith. We can start out with an excitement. We can start out with a word from God. But then over time in our natural life, we get weary and we want to give up. That's the time we must encourage ourselves in God. We must persevere that God is going to be with us. What do you need to persevere through? Maybe, again, these are some of the things you're going to take to prayer this week. Or maybe at the end when we have altar time, you're going to go and have someone pray with you about something. What is it that you have to press through? What is it that is tempting you to give up on? Seeing the Lord. I feel like this scripture really came uh, the 1st of July. And I remember... Uh, about seeing the Lord. This is Psalms 27, 13. I feel like it's really prophetic for us. David wrote, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That was something we've talked about that happened when we had our advisory retreat in January, that we felt like this year we were going to see the promises that God has given us, we would begin to see what we have been believing for. And I feel like the scripture in this summertime has just throwing it in our face again that we are to see God. We are to see him move and do the things that we've been praying for and waiting for. That with our physical eyes, we are to see something we have believed for and something that has been promised to us. I believe he's going to do it. Uh, I'm sorry, Thunderbirds. I heard you guys had a flood like we had a flood three weeks ago. Let's just be praying for the Thunderbirds. Anything we could do to help you, let us know. Uh, as interesting, I had a laugh about three weeks ago uh, waking up with a flood in my house and thinking like, oh, I'm going to see your goodness in the land of the living. The challenges that are in your daily life right now, this is the land of our living. Right now, whatever you're in, whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, that's where God promises that you're going to see him. And you need to grab hold of that promise today. It'll help carry you through whatever you're facing that is really discouraging to you. And you're wondering, God, where are you? He's right in the midst of it. He's right in the thick of it. He is with you. <clears throat> Our faith in the land of the living calls for persistence. It causes us to continue, to carry on, to go on, to keep on, to keep going on, and to not give up. All those things that have to do with, again, the words seem to be, they keep being connected from week to week. It's like this long chain of faith and promises and hope that God is giving to us. Then Jack Willis, when he was with us on Wednesday, the 18th, he talked about attitude. Anybody been dealing with your attitude since that message? I mean, every day we have to deal with attitude because there's things that are happening to us. There are decisions that are being made that affect us that can bring on an attitude that causes us to be discouraged. And in Ephesians 4, 22 and 23, the Apostle Paul tells us to throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of, it, of its life and its attitudes, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Holy Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Today, you know, we're going to be taking communion. And it says that we're supposed to do it in remembrance of what the Lord Jesus did for us. In the same way, it says that the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the things that Jesus has said to us. 
the promise that God has given to us. It is the Holy Spirit that will bring a recollection and help you remember. I don't know about you, but the older I get, I have trouble remembering. But I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit because He helps me remember those promises and those things that I'm trying to believe God for. When I get discouraged and my hope starts going away, it is faith in God and faith in what God has said to me that encourages me to rise above and it will encourage you to rise above those circumstances that are defying the Word of God. You know, one thing being born again and receiving Jesus Christ is that our will, which is formed by the things around us, the things we learn to believe at an early age, even religious things that we are passed down from our, our generational family, whatever they believed or how they acted, it is through Jesus Christ we have our will returned to us where we can learn to believe in him and we can have our mind renewed and we can even have uh, our phil philosophies and uh, the things that we believe that were wrong, we can have them renewed because Jesus is the truth and he opens his word to us and he speaks to us and it proves that he is not dead and in the grave somewhere, but he lives because he comes and lives inside our heart and in our spirit. Following Jesus is, is the place where we get to invest in what is eternal in us and that's our spirit. When our spirit leaves this body, it's going to be lifeless. But as we come to God through Jesus Christ, we have our spirit made alive, and we have this excitement about knowing that we begin to know God, and we know ourselves better, and we have a greater understanding of our purpose in life and the gifts that God has given us that we might live an overcoming life. Maybe you're here today, and you know, you've attained your life's goals and your dreams, but there's still this emptiness. There's still something that's scratching and needs an itch. It is your spirit being connected with Jesus Christ, and finding not only purposes here, but purposes that are going to take you on through eternity. We have a, such a brief moment here that we live. Get 120 years in this life, and then you face eternity. But whatever you invest in Jesus now will carry you into eternity, will pay dividends into eternity, and you'll find that the, whatever God wants you to do in eternity, it's going to be even based on how you've worked and served and knew him now that you might use and become all that God has called you and wants you to be. Then last Sunday, Jack talked to us about joy. I'm thinking like, wow, this is a message those of us who have been Christians any length of time realize that that's our portion in Christ, that we're to have this joy. But there's a great conflict against us, this natural world, this land of our living, the things that are thrown at us, the news, the situations that come up, finances, all these different things come in, they try to steal our joy. And even when you think about joy, we have a perception about what joy is going to be for us or what will make us happy, what will make us joyful. And our own understanding is always limits us because we can't seem to get everything in order that we might assume or, or consider that we're now having joy. But joy is from the Lord. In Galatians 22, the Apostle Paul reminds us the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the evidence that the Holy Spirit is living in our life is love and joy. The joy, because the Holy Spirit can help us rise above circumstances and difficulties and opposition and things that come against our faith and the negativity that's in the world, the atmosphere, the spiritual atmospheres that are demonic and discouraging and hateful, 
It is the joy of the Lord that helps us rise above those things. When you're struggling with your coworker or your boss and things are not just working out, when those of you who are commuting are fighting the traffic and people cutting you off and, and cutting you out and flipping you off, it is the joy that comes from the Holy Spirit that helps you rise above that, that you might have peace in your car, that you might call on the Lord and even spend a little bit more time opening heart and begin to worship God and thanking Him that He's the one that's carrying you through. He's the one that's going to give you joy as you ride your 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 journey on your way home. In Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That when you accept Jesus Christ, you get the gift of the Holy Spirit, that the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit comes and lives resident inside your heart, inside your spirit. And so you have the author and the creator of joy in you that can move past your mind and your, your analysis of what you're going through to really let the joy of God begin to rise up in you, that you can walk with a smile on your face because your source of joy is not conditional. Maybe you're grieving and you're going through that time of grief, but the, the Bible promises in Psalms 23 that grief, and loss and mourning only last for a season. And then there'll be joy in the morning. There'll be a new day. There'll be a new season to joy. Galindos, there's going to be another season for you guys to have joy again for all that you're going through in your loss. In the Lord's presence is fullness of joy. Judy was quoting that this morning in our pre-service prayer. You will show me the path of life now in our land of living. God, show us the path of experiencing your joy in the land of the living. In your presence is that fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Again, in a brief moment that we spend here, but in eternity, realizing everything that we went through is nothing compared to what we're experiencing in heaven. Paul had that. All the persecutions, the, the imprisonments, going into uh, times where he's uh, abandoned on the ocean or in the deep, waiting for rescue, all that he felt like it was nothing but old, dirty rubbish compared to what he was gaining spiritually as he grew in his knowledge and his experience of Jesus Christ. As he watched the Holy Spirit move in his life and as he approached death, he realized that he was passing everything that was dark and he was going in to the presence of God and he was going to live in joy for eternity. The word of the Lord are our seeds of the promises of God and they're seeds that are incorruptible. They won't pass away. They cannot be corrupted. But it is the impossible things, those seeds of promises that we can hang on to and believe that God is going to do something great for us. It's something we have to keep believing. This is that year again. This is that year we are going to see the goodness of God. You are going to see the goodness of God. We're probably going to have a time where we're just going to have nothing but testimonies because there's going to be like popcorn. All of a sudden, people are seeing the culmination of years of praying and believing and the promises of God's word that have, have you've kept writing down that there's going to be something. Steve, I believe for you and your boys, I've been praying that God is going to do something supernatural for you guys that even in the place that you are as a small family, that God is going to show you his goodness and been praying and believing that God's going to even heal your body and give you a testimony, Steve, of God's goodness. And you young men, your young men, that they will have their own testimony of God and who he is in their life. Our key verse for today is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the people of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. God gives his word as a something that is an anchor, that is unchanging, that is truth. When the world changes in their ideas and their theologies and what they view as truth or something changes because of knowledge or adjustment, 
our Bible, our word of God to us is solid. and It's a foundation and a rock of truth for us to lean on and to build our spiritual life. And John 16, <clears throat> 13, excuse me, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will tell you of things to come. That there is such an opportunity for build in our personal relationship with God that we build such a way that there's that sensitivity to our, in our spirit where we hear the voice of God and he tells us about our future. I remember... Uh, I was in my 20s, and I remember it was the night before my sister, my oldest sister, was to get married. And I remember God woke me in the, in the middle of the night, and I feel like it was the first time I ever heard God in such a way that he spoke in such a way to my spirit in the inside. It felt like audible, and it was six words he said. He said, I would have you to serve. And I felt like, wow, my whole life growing up was learning how to serve God. I served in church. I served in janitoring. And I felt like what he said to me so resonated in my heart because it's something he'd already worked in my life for probably 20 years already. But God wants to speak to you. God wants you to recognize his voice. Our society is so busy. Your phone is such a distraction that can keep you from tuning your heart to hear what God would say to you. You need the wisdom of God in this time. You need some insider information on decisions that are to be made and even relationships that are to be entered into that you are tracking with God and hearing what he's saying about the things that he has for you and the things that you might get you off track because God has the best for you. But only as you hear his voice and recognize what he's saying are you going to be able to make the right decisions and then be joyful like, wow, I did hear you, God. Yes, I followed you and wow, now I have the evidence of what you said to me. Again, uh, Ben and Jack gave us incredible words of inspiration that we might experience more of God in our everyday life. I feel like I want to deviate a little bit, too, <clears throat> from my message that I even gave with the PowerPoint. I felt like Jordan Canastrisi's word to us this week was incredible on Wednesday night. And if you haven't, go to our website and listen to the podcast. And his title was A Different Way. And it was, to me, it was so refreshing for us who have been Christians a while to realize we almost can get so routine in the way we hear God that a lot of times we're missing him because we're expecting him to move in one way or to say things a certain way. And he's saying a whole new thing. He's different. And he said, I want to talk to you today about the move of God in your life and how it might be coming in a different way, in, in a different way than ever before. And he said, even though God's character never changes, his tactics for moving in our lives do. He does this to keep us close to him. Isn't that interesting? I remember even of this week that um, David, when we had a little, some of our leaders in our MFI met together, and he gave us this, just a few minutes, this word. It was in, I think, 1 Samuel 15. And he talked about how David was in a stronghold. And the Philistines were coming against him, and he inquired of the Lord. And when he inquired of the Lord, should he go against the Philistines, would he get victory? The Lord said, yes, go move against them, and I will give you victory. And they did, and they, they had a great victory, and the Philistines were driven away for a long period of time. But then again, it said the Philistines returned as their enemy again and came against them. And David just didn't assume that he was going to <clears throat> go and do the same thing he did, but again, he stepped back and he inquired of the Lord, should I go up against the Philistines? And the Lord said, no, don't go up. But wait until you hear the sound in the trees of this noise. And then God did this victory. And it just shows exactly kind of what 
um, Jordan was telling us that we can assume that God's going to do the same thing, and so we might hesitate in asking the Lord. And David emphasized to us that when we inquire of the Lord, the breakthrough is right next to it. And God is a God of breakthroughs. And he has a breakthrough for you that only you can get in your relationship with God and you're inquiring of him about your situation. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's direction. Maybe it's a career. Maybe it's who you're going to be with. Inquire of God. Let him say yes or no that you might have the best that God has for you. He gave us four thoughts on God moving in our life in a different way. God loves you and wants to move in your life. You have to believe that. I think even coming to prayer, we have to believe that God wants to speak to us. We have to believe that God has something to say to us when we approach him. So a lot of times we have to clear out the cobwebs in our thinking and our attitudes. And sometimes we look at God as uh, like what we've heard from him or what we've uh, seen of him or what he said to us. And we come in sometimes into our prayer life with so many uh, distractions or places of unbelief. We have to come and say, God, please, first of all, God, cleanse me of any unbelief. God, any hardness of my heart, any places where I've been complacent in my relationship, God, help me to be sharp that I might hear what you're saying to me, that I might recognize the things you want to speak to me. Do not always be looking for the miracle. Look for the miracle maker. I thought that was a great line. You know, we need breakthroughs. We need something supernatural to happen in our life, so we're looking for that miracle. But no, it's Jesus. It's the miracle maker. It's God, the way maker. God, the one who is the breaker, who breaks the strongholds, who brings the answers. Keep our eyes looking for him. Keep our, our heart open and pursuing him. That's how we're going to experience what he wants to say to us. Thanks for bearing with me in my variety of things. The third thing he told us was check in with God. Like, just do a check-in. You know, we know the scriptures. If you've been a Christian any amount of time, Jesus said, once you accept me, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But we feel often forsaken. We could be going through something that's very hard and yet feel forsaken and lost and, you know, alone. But that's just our human emotions. If we just look outside, everything around us is speaking the life of God. Our bodies, your very breath is saying God is alive because it is the breath of God. It is the Holy Spirit, the power of God, allowing your spirit to stay in your body that's giving you life. And so God is all around us. We can see it if we stop and recognize it. But we must believe that he is in there and he's working. Whatever God speaks to you, number four, hear and move. When you hear from God, then act on what he's saying. Initiate what he's saying. Take a step to let what God has told you take its effect in your natural life. It's like that faith and then the works that follow. When God moves, we have to move. What we are able to do today, we may not be able to do tomorrow. That makes sense, huh? Maybe give us a story. Remember about Moses and the burning bush. And this is for us old people. Those of you who think your life is done, you're ready for retirement, put that thought in the back burner. Moses got going at 80 years old. He thought he was all done. 40 years now, it wasn't like he was there four days, but in, after 40 years of being in the wilderness, tending sheep, 
the bush is on fire and he's tending sheep. And it says that as he turned aside to go look at the bush, then it says God spoke. How many times have we missed God because we haven't turned aside because there's, he's given some kind of distraction for us that we might recognize who he is and his voice, that he might say something different to us than we might have assumed would be in the past. But when we step into that place of being distracted by God, that he speaks and he moves, and it's a profound thing for us to act on that experience. Um, and there, Jordan was saying the other night, what would it have been like if, if uh, Moses would have said, you know, I can't look at that bush right now. I've got to tend these sheep. You know, the distractions again, the busyness of life, I tell you, God is always speaking. In the Psalms, it says his thoughts towards us are like the sand of the sea every day. How many of us even catch maybe 10 things that he's saying to us every day, let alone as many thoughts as the sand of the sea? I have so much more. I'm going to throw a few more things at you. You know, we just go, I, I'm thankful again for you guys because you keep me hot with God. You guys want to be fed. I have to get some food. So Psalms 156 came to me just a week ago. And it's that simple scripture. Let everything that breath praise the Lord. It's interesting that last song we sung about his breath being in our lungs. And if you look at the context about that, okay, everything that's alive is giving praise to the Lord. The birds are singing, dogs are barking. Roosters are crowing, you know, that thing. Everything that had breath is praising the Lord. And so the first, in the context of that, we think, okay, we're alive, we're supposed to be praising the Lord. But it's deeper than that. That as you, out of your spirit, as you begin to praise the Lord, your heart breaks into worship. And there's something that comes up out of your spirit that's connecting with the living God, that there is nothing like that when your heart is connecting with God. And you're worshiping, and worship flows freely. Sometimes when we're praising, it seems so dead, so lifeless. God, are you hearing this? Or God, are you some, this, some kind of just an arrogant being that you have to have this praise? But no, those of you who have gotten caught up in worship know that there's just some kind of a connection with your spirit and God, that the breath of who you are, the life in your spirit, it connects with God. And you think like, I don't want to go anywhere else. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to praise the Lord. So in this alternate reality, heaven, which has been going on before the world and after the world, there's a presence of God. There are those four living creatures that are examples that constantly they say, holy, holy, holy. There's such a rise in praise. There's such an atmosphere of worship. There's such an awe of who God is that people fall down on their knees and they bow in worship. And I tell you, God, in these, in these days where it's so dark out there, it's so discouraging, there's so many problems, the Holy Spirit wants to so move on you that there's such a, a, a refreshing praise and worship that rises from your heart that you're caught up into the presence of God and you're caught away from the distractions and the discouragement and the problems of life and you're tapping in in your Creator and the God who loves you and the Father who cares about you and He wants to do that for all of us. But it, it, it just starts out with this praising God, and then we break into that place where our heart connects. This verse also, I've just been thinking about. These verses are so familiar, so common, but when the Holy Spirit breathes on them, they just have more life. This is John 12, 32. Jesus said, And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples to myself. And we know the context of that. that the whole world 
was perfect. But when Adam and Eve listened to Satan and they sinned against God and sin came upon the whole world and everyone born through Adam, everyone born, sin automatically passes on generosity to all of us and we're all born spiritually dead. We have a spirit, but it's dead and disconnected with God. But Jesus, because he loved us so much, was another righteous man. And that's why when they killed Jesus, they did it. They, they illegally killed him because he was a righteous man. And by his death, he paid the way for all of us to come into a relationship with God and have our sins forgiven. So that's why we celebrate communion today, that Jesus died for my sins. And something happens to us when we, see, we realize, you know what, I'm not good enough, I'm not perfect enough, and I need a Savior. When we come to God and we say, you know what, Jesus, I need a Savior. I want my sins forgiven, and I want my spirit. I want every part of me to be fully functioning. So I want my spirit functioning. I don't want to just go by my soul, my mind-wielded emotions in this natural life, but I want that part of me that's going to go on for eternity. I want that connected with you. And when you do, you're born again, and you begin to fellowship with God. You begin to draw on that relationship with God, and you begin to experience who God is. And that's what Jesus is saying. As we begin to think about God, as you get up in the morning, you begin to think about Jesus. You're lifting him up. And as you lift him up, you bring the power and presence of the Holy Spirit into your life. You bring the mind, will, and emotions of God into your thoughts and into your emotions, and you're lifted to a different level. And so that verse takes on a spiritual dimension when you see that you bring God in when you're lifting him up. When you simply have opportunity to pray for people, or if there's people at work, you're able to speak to them about Jesus you're lifting him up. And what you do, you bring this praise and you bring this prophetic presence around you that lifts you up and lifts the people around you up.